maybe if if this book was rewritten, right? When when the the main character, the penguin, says, "Look, our iceberg is melting," maybe he would be even accused of fake news, right? Why would I believe that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what's happening today, right? Yeah, everything's urgent, and yet because of the technology, everybody has a voice, and uh, so extra step, increase urgency. Everything might be urgent, but you can be choiceful about what you will respond to. By the way, that was Mike Santos, a change management consultant. Hi, I'm Day, and you're listening to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today is a different kind of experiment where I invited Mike Santos, who is a coach and mentor to me. And we've been working together for at least, I think, three years. Yeah. Here's a quick trivia, though. I've been working with his dad even before that, because his dad was one of my mentors during my dissertation. Anyway, I'll let Mike introduce himself. Hi, Day. Thanks for having me here. Uh, in your podcast, um, yes. Yeah, so, okay, it's so, an experiment, right? Thanks a lot. So you, you and I have been working for a while now. Um, maybe just as a background, um, I'm a consultant and I focus on change management, uh, and I help people and organizations make positive change mm-hmm. and purposeful change. Uh, my background is really a long corporate, you know, stint, uh, largely in human capital strategy, mm-hmm. change management, organizational design and development, um, and a whole lot of mergers and acquisitions. So my background has been, my career has been around managing change. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's also one thing that I've learned from you is that it's not just making good change, but making change intentional. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've, I've learned from you before. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about Our Iceberg is Melting. That's the book by John Cotter. Uh, and I can't pronounce Holger Rathgerber. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but yeah. yes. Um, it's it's actually a fable, right? That's that's what you call it, where it's a story where animals speak. <laughs> is that the right, is that yeah. the right way to, to, to say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fable. And yeah, uh, can, you, can you give a quick summary about what we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, so um, what we're talking about is John Cotter's book. And as they mentioned, it's a fable about penguins who live on an iceberg, right? And they need to take action on something. And what John Cotter does is that he uses this fable as a way to introduce his eight-step model for change mm-hmm. management. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are essentially the eight can be divided into, I think, pretty much three things, right? How does one, a penguin in this case, um, start a movement for change? How does he initiate mm-hmm. change? Second, how do they implement the change? And last, how do you sustain the change so that it sticks? And that's what the iceberg uh, is melting uh, book is about. Um, I think it was written early 2000, so it's it's almost 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. But a very very popular and easy to understand change management framework yeah so we talk about the eight things i mean we're, we're not going to go through all the eight things but if there is a favorite learning that you have uh what, what would that be yeah um i think the the first point in the step uh which is called increase you know the sense of urgency mm. uh, means that uh in order for change to happen the first thing to focus on is self-awareness Meaning, if you don't see the urgency to change, then you won't change. Then you won't change. Right. Then you won't change. 
And how, how do you think that's relevant uh, in the world today? Or who do you think it will be useful for? Yeah, um, the, the way the book is, is written and the way it's been applied, obviously, appealed much to leaders and management, you know, managers of organizations. Because when you're in an organization and you see something that needs to change, um, sometimes you're in, in for an uphill battle, right? Uh, people mm-hmm. don't exactly see uh, what you see or see the change that needs to happen. So one of the key takeaways of Cotter's model is increasing a sense of urgency. So the first step of change is how do you raise your own awareness and others' awareness of uh, the change that needs to happen or the opportunity that needs to be addressed or challenges that need to be addressed. Um, Why is this relevant now? Well, I think that with everything that's going on in the world, uh, pandemic aside, right? I think that there are a lot of challenges and opportunities happening in the world today that people need to be aware of and okay. purposeful about the change they want to see. You mentioned also a while ago that uh, this has been, I guess, I guess, written in the 2000s and it's been yeah. over like, what, 20 years, right? Almost and years. yeah, <laughs> there might have been things that were written before that might not be applicable today, maybe outdated. Mm. Or is there something that could be improved? It's not saying that the author was wrong because during that time, this was very relevant. But today, of course, you have to also adapt uh, these things, right? So is there something that, uh, yeah, you you could think of? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that uh, the eight steps pretty much hold true today. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, one other way to look at it at this time is the lens of I think two aspects. Okay, the first aspect is about um, creating urgency. So Cotter talks about how the penguin uh, suddenly had to demonstrate to a small group of people, fellow leaders, uh, that the iceberg was melting and they needed to take action. Right. So mm-hmm. it's it's that, and and this small team started uh, the initiation of the change. Mm-hmm. I think that um, this approach, one of the one of the insights around this is how maybe 20 years ago, um, a small team guiding the change, initiating the change, in charge of the change, doesn't speak about the empowerment of the lower, of the, the rest of the organization. Mm. It's a very management-centric or leader-centric, leader-centric yeah. um, uh, approach, approach, right? So, so one of the first things that come to mind is uh, when this was written, the agile movement wasn't there or wasn't in the mm-hmm. consciousness of people yet. So in a world wherein uh, having social media and digital tools empowers individuals, mm-hmm. right? Um, individuals now have a stronger control over their sphere of influence through, through digital tools, through social media. Uh, and so, um, you know, in this day and age, it takes a tweet to spark a change, right? So mm-hmm. more people in the, as individuals are empowered to to make change happen versus uh, in this approach, it's really about increasing urgency with a small team to carry it through. Mm -hmm. I think that's one. Um, So empowerment of the individual versus a kind of a management or leadership led uh, change. The second one I feel is the awareness, especially in this uh, pandemic world we live in. It's the importance of well-being of people. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, 
in order to sustain change. Uh, Cotter talks about how uh, reinforcing systems or rewards can help sustain the change. Uh, he talks about celebrating wins, mm, uh, short-term wins, yeah. small wins. Small wins. Um, mm-hmm. So there is that aspect of taking care of people, but I think what's been heightened these days is the how important it is that as much as you are managing change, you are managing the well-being of the people who are leading through mm-hmm. the change. Yeah. And it's interesting because, yeah, these days, a lot of people are saying that it's especially when celebrating short-term wins, it's not about a generic thing, right? You, you don't you know, award people, reward people the same way. I mean, these days, it's easier now to, I guess, be more, how do you say, the tailor fit when giving rewards. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's something, yeah, because before it's just either everybody gets a cake, everybody gets this, or everybody gets the same things. Now, now things are mm. being different. Yeah, um, I think it relates to our sense of what well-being is today, Mm. right? So in the past, when you say, let's celebrate small wins, um, maybe what people had as an idea of recognition was, you know, going to a big ballroom, you know, Mm. where the president gives you a plaque and shakes your hand and brings your family there, uh, really treats you to to a good dinner and and an event, Mm -hmm. right? So very Mm -hmm. event-based. But I think what we've learned in the past few years of the pandemic is that what's important to people may be different now, mm, right? Yes. Uh, especially across generations. Uh, yeah. Perhaps it's not about public recognition, but maybe a reward is about flexibility for me to yeah. handle my personal and professional life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe it's about uh, finding meaning. How do I contribute to the planet? So I think the sense of what is rewarding or what reinforces change can be different. Hmm. It's very interesting because, uh, I mean, going back to the story of the penguins, right? It, even if you do create a sense of urgency, there will be other penguins or other people that would, you know, not believe you or would think yeah. that, you know, even if it's a danger, like, for example, in the, in the story, it's basically their home that's melting away, their permanent yeah. home that's melting away and being yeah. gone. And even yeah. if, you know, that penguin, they were like, what, emperor penguins, right? <laughs> emperor penguins. So. <laughs> or something like that. Is saying that, hey, you know what? We're all going to lose our home. And there are yeah. still people that <laughs> don't want to believe that or don't really care. And we see that happening, I guess, a lot mm. in, in, in the world today, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so ah. it's not just creating a sense of urgency, but... I mean, what do you think about that first? Okay, yeah. I, I think with the accelerating speed of change, and, and we, have to, we have to see this, right? Um, the speed of change is accelerating as we speak, right? So mm. um, whether it's your iPhone changes every year or mm. the COVID restrictions changing over year because of the fast-changing mutations, right? So whether it's the changes in digital technology and capabilities to... You know, something like this, the health crisis of the pandemic. Um, not to mention geopolitical changes in the yes. world, right? Especially these days, um, the environment, the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about increased sense of urgency, I think it's easy for people now to feel overwhelmed by everything that needs to be urgent. Mm. 
right? So when I'm a company struggling against COVID, digitization, and the economy, and politics, and social environment I'm in, everything's urgent, right? I think everything yeah. is a priority these days, even at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, even being mindful of what is truly urgent and not mm-hmm. fake news. So you need to be discerning, yeah. right? Uh, maybe if, if this book was rewritten, right? When, when the, the main character, the penguin says, look, our iceberg is melting, maybe he would be even accused of fake news, right? Why would I believe that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening today, right? Yeah, everything's urgent. And yet, because of the technology, everybody has a voice. And uh, so extra step, increase urgency, but maybe be very choiceful and mindful about what you will respond to. There you go. So everything might be urgent, but you can be choiceful about what you will respond to. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think now we're, we're taking it from a very, I guess, modern standpoint right now when we talk about it that way. So, uh, I mean, I always say this, books are really good, but speaking of fake news, that's why I thought of this. Sometimes people just take off a few quotes or things from the book. Uh, what are the dangers that you see when people do that? Especially like, okay, they, they get this book, they read a few paragraphs and, you know, try to create change in their own organization. Because a lot of people these days, and this is based on my own experience, is that people go through listicles, people go through summaries, and then they just take action. <laughs> so there are dangers yeah. to that. So, I mean, yeah. for you, having read this, being a consultant and... I guess being with a lot of clients, what uh, what are the dangers that you see? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I still feel that the eight step process is foundational. Yes, uh, it's I still agree. applicable today. And and you're right. What what danger is is when people take the steps literally without setting the right context. Mm. Yeah, Can you give so an example? Sorry. Let's say you you create a sense of urgency. You see uh, a need for change, right? I think before creating a sense of urgency uh, and scream at the top of your lungs to the whole organization that your iceberg is melting, (laughs) I think you need to pause and, as I said, uh, be intentional um, about what you are actually saying, Mm -hmm. what is the context in which the organization exists. So this way you can take a bigger view of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So make sure that when you choose to increase the sense of urgency, you are taking it from a systemic view. I'll give, maybe here's an example. Uh, um, Perhaps I want to raise a sense of urgency about the need for, for our leaders in our organization to, to be more coaching, Mm -hmm. to have a more coaching approach. Right. Um, But I'd like to, because coaching is, is a, key, a key thing, it's very popular now. Um, but number one, I'd, I'd like to know if, uh, have a system view of how empowered our managers are to, to actually coach, be more developmental um, versus, you know, uh, the company's in a crisis, we need to be more directional at this point. Yeah, so when I hear something like coaching, oh, let's increase the, the urgency of introducing coaching to our culture because we want that. Mm. Um, let's contextualize it. You know, how will we use coaching? Where is it appropriate? Are our management systems will will it support that kind of thing? Mm. Right. So, 
I might be a leader who is suddenly taught to become a coach and yet my approval levels really don't work for me so I can't really do much. You know what I mean? So it has to be, you need to have a bigger perspective, a system view of things. I think that's one of the features. So context, system view, um, yeah. I just remembered the, the, the phrase where people say that, yes, um, content is king, but context is God. <laughs> so oh, something oh, yeah, like I that. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I heard that before. I think it was during one of my marketing classes. The content is king. Yes, sure. But context is God. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, keep yourself updated, right? So have a bigger mm-hmm. context of what's happening now. Again, if I say create short-term wins, I could create, you know, uh, a party to celebrate you know a project milestone mm-hmm. will that work with the people that you have or will giving them flexible time off be a better reward for them yeah. a more me- a more meaningful one actually yeah. that's funny because someone mentioned about that uh i don't know if it was a friend or a client that told me about it that they were given flexible working hours mm-hmm. but they're actually work from home now Nobody really, you know, keeps track of your time. So technically, if you're working from home, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, I was telling that person, technically, you're also having flexible time because you're, it's like in the middle of the afternoon and you're talking to me. You're not doing your work. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not doing your work properly, but it's just that, you know, your, your time's flexible. So yeah. is that celebration something that is relevant or will get people excited? Yeah, is it is it well is it a welcome thing? Right? Yeah, maybe not because um, it's what's happening, right? I think I think if I can add one more, yeah, it sure, would be that um, while the eight step process might seem linear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you finally embed the change you wanted to see in your culture, we also have to remember that culture is ever evolving and organic. Yes, of course, <laughs> by the time you bring it in, mm-hmm. then. Um, then you need to know what's what's urgent again, what's the context again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that you are open to further change. So with that, let's say out of the eight beating, it's not part of the eight. Is there a learning that you actually got from this that you would like to share? I think uh, one lesson that I have from the from this book, uh, aside from the urgency, is creating that vision for change. Yeah, it is part of the eight. Yeah. It is part of the eight, but uh, I guess my learning is that um, creating a vision for change has to be a shared vision, mm. not only by a small group of leaders. Maybe they might start it, but to make change successful, the vision has to be a shared one. Therefore, it must encompass my interests as an individual, maintaining mm-hmm. my well-being, but also a vision that appeals to my sense of purpose. Uh, you know, this is another word that came in probably not when this was written, right? Mm-hmm. Purpose-driven organizations. Yeah. Especially in uh, these days. Yeah, so I think uh, a vision for change has to be purposeful. Purposeful. Because we might be stuck in saying our vision for the change is to be the number one X mm-hmm. company. Um, to hit our sales, uh, to simply uh, move together as one. That's but, what we hear all the time. Yeah, but but those are all, you know, um, well, on one end, very financial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one end. Mm-hmm. It's not really talking about the impact of the company in the world, but also if you go with the 
you know, working together as one as a vision of your success, then uh, what does that actually mean? Yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah. Actually, I think of uh, two things that usually happens in companies uh, when it comes to the vision, right? One is the generic, which is what you've mentioned, right? What you've mentioned, they say, oh, moving together is one. We have to be the best at X. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's usually yeah. what happens. Yeah. But on the other side, there is, which also is, I think, mentioned in this book, is the decision paralysis or analysis paralysis. I'm not really sure what's the correct term for that. But a lot of companies also try to make the vision 100% perfect or make it, you know, get to a perfect stage before taking an action. And I think that's also very uh, dangerous when when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to react uh, with what you said, Mm -hmm. if I were to look at the eight steps as a a ladder or something linear, I I would put a circle around it to say that, you know, change is continuous. Mm. It's not something that you go from bottom to top. Right. And end and there, right? It, you will go back to checking again on what's urgent. Yeah. So I, I would say if it's a cycle, people always ask that, oh, when is the, this is what we get asked all the time. When is the perfect time to implement this step? And I think I would say that there's no perfect time when it comes to decision making right yeah because there's always going to be risks and i guess probabilities that come you know along the way and that's where you know the more you analyze the more you get paralyzed and you don't get to especially nowadays we're in um things are moving way faster (laughs) than before the moment that you analyze it's gone the opportunity is gone the risks are more i mean yeah that's how it yeah I mean, and and yeah. what what you're talking about is when I spend more time analyzing and finding the right timing for change, that is what you might call waterfall thinking. Mm, right? Mm, step mm. one and step two, then we implement it and everything is great. Right? But that's why we hear the word agile all the time, mm. which is simply being responsive to the changes that might happen, uh, making sure that you are not um, aiming for constant perfection but it's your what you're doing is continuous learning and feedback yeah. yeah so at each stage of the change it's important to get the feedback so you can adjust and you know uh, be agile yes <laughs> interesting because we, we talk about agile as something very new but I mean it, it's I don't know if you agree with me it's been there for <laughs> ever since right ever uh, since yeah it's just a yeah. new term well it, it's really the um, how the software folks mm have put it together and articulated it as a manifesto. But yeah, um, it's having that that mindset of continuous learning, continually growing, being experimental. Uh, because when things are changing fast and you don't know certain answers mm-hmm. or certainty is not guaranteed, then what you can do is really test your hypothesis, experiment, try new things. Yeah, actually, this reminds me of uh, I think a lesson that I learned from you before, where you said that agile is like baking cookies. Is that is that what you uh, said? Yeah. Um, is it correct? Yeah. I mean, yes, do you wanna yeah. do you wanna talk about sure. that a bit, just so people know uh, sure. what agile so, should be? And this goes back to what I say: decision paralysis, meaning don't wait for it to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. To put yeah, things so, out there first. Yeah, and and this is how you might relate agile to change. 
um, that when I'm trying, when I'm a kid, I'm trying to learn how to bake the best chocolate chip cookies. The best way that I can perfect that or get a good, make a good batch is to uh, not stick. It's not in the sticking to the recipe to a tea, but it's in having people actually try to eat and taste what I bake so that I can get real feedback about what people think and I can make the change from there. Mm -hmm. So make adjustments from there. Uh, so it's an iterative process rather yeah. than a linear. And in the process, you would also get to know who your customers are. I mean, who you should sell to and who you should not sell to because, yeah. you know, yeah. everything cannot be for everyone. I mean, yeah. something cannot be for yeah. everyone. Yeah. And, and, and that, again, speaks to another concept uh, on, on which goes to empathy. Mm, which is mm, again the design thinking part of uh, of you know perspectives now design thinking that when I create a change I need to think of the people I am making the change for mm -hmm. and and take an empathetic view of that I cannot change someone uh, someone's behavior by enforcing compliance yeah right I need exactly. to be in be in his or her shoes. And see what is this person worried about? What does this person want? What's the best way to make the change happen? And and I think that directly relates to one of Cotter's uh, eight points, which is pretty much empowering others to act. Right? I think that's yeah. that's. I mean, it's still yeah. part of yes. of the book. Yeah. So, which is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, it the eight steps really are foundational. I think they hold true. Mm -hmm. I think that if we inject. Uh, later thinking on agility on empathy right i think that uh, that's a good way to update the content yeah interesting so yeah uh with that i just wanted to ask okay so we know about this eight things maybe people want to try to read the book uh or people want to review it again but even before reading the book what's an actionable that you think that people can do to practice uh the content of of, of this of this book Wow. Okay. Tough one. <laughs> I mean, step one, I urge you to read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I said other than reading the book. I mean, something yeah. that they could actually do. I mean, we're just okay. trying to get people interested in this book so that they could read it because we, we, you and I, find this very valuable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will go to I will go to my step one, mm -hmm. um, and I would urge people to think about um, think about the change that you want to see, whether in your personal life or professional life in your organization or your team um, and phrase that uh, change opportunity uh, or take a look at it at why is it urgent to do something today what are the risks of not doing anything mm -hmm. and what are the gains if you do something what benefit will um, just taking a look at the benefit if you act on this change mm -hmm. and being driven by that or Take, being aware of the risks of not taking any action. Yeah. Um, yeah, be aware of that. And I think you'll find that sense of urgency to make change happen. Uh, actually, very interesting because uh, well, when you said about risk, a lot of people, and it, I, myself, I myself also said this, that I don't want to do something new or change because that's a risk. But you just yeah. mentioned that, you know, not doing anything is also a risk. Which yeah. is true, which is true. So yeah, that, that's something very interesting to yeah. think about and reflect on. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, might I add? Yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe it's 
maybe a, a better way of looking at creating a sense of urgency is if you find that area that you want to make a change in, maybe it'll be helpful to find or create a sense of excitement. Mm. If the change you want to see excites you, then that drives you uh, to act on it, right? Uh, it's a different kind of action or energy versus another popular word before was creating a sense of urgency means looking for a burning platform. Yeah, like you, you, you're going to try to save yourself or protect yourself. But maybe also look for a sense of excitement. And that will drive you for a more positive way of going to change. Mm. That Actually, that got me thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, with that, thank you so much, Mike. Um do you want to tell people how they could maybe follow you or look for you or oh okay uh i am on linkedin mm -hmm. uh michael marcel santos uh, or you can go to my my instagram and facebook uh, at brick by brick ph at brick by brick ph which is my consulting track all right. If you need executive coaching or maybe even uh, strategic planning or even you want to, uh, how do you call it? Change management? Yeah, advisory. Intervention? Yeah, advisory. Yeah, or capability building. Mm -hmm. Then I guess you could hit Mike up. So Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, this is, yes, an experiment for me. And when you said that, uh, do something that excites you. I mean, I guess this is something that excites me. You know, trying to share what we know with others so that they could actually improve. So yeah, and, yeah. and thanks for inviting me to try something new. Like <laughs> All right, with that, thank you so much again, Mike, and thank you everyone for listening to the Daily Book Club, the audio experiment.